You're listening to Your Highest Self Podcast, episode 75. Today, we're talking about putting yourself out there with Kendra Perry. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for taking the time to invest in your mind and doing it with me today. If I sound a little different, (laughs) I am a little bit nasally. I'm a little bit stuffed up. I'm in Georgia this week uh, for a seven-day NLP practitioner training. And you guys, I didn't know Georgia was so cold. It's like 42 degrees outside. I'm like, what? I should have brought some more clothes. Um, So this California girl is, you know, this is not okay with me. Forty-two is the high, um, so that's why I'm feeling a little bit stuffed up. But I'm here. I'm happy. I'm excited. I'm learning so much. And this week on the show, you should be so excited because we are hanging out with my friend and health coach, business expert Kendra Perry. She is amazing. I love her, and she brought so many golden nuggets of wisdom to um, this week's episode for anyone who's starting their own business. So if you're an aspiring coach, health coach, life coach fitness coach, um, and you're just starting your business, this episode is perfect for you. We talked about a lot of the different parts of our journeys toward building a business and how it ultimately comes down to being able to put yourself out there regardless of the fear. So tune in today and discover Kendra's story, how she leaned into her pivot, the process of turning her passion into her business, And then Kendra's personal development journey. I love this girl. If you don't know who she is, she's a former multiple six-figure functional health coach turned online business strategist for health and wellness practitioners. She is on a mission to stop health coaches from being broke as fuck by helping them build booming businesses they are in love with. And she's helped over 300 people, 300 coaches grow their practices, attract consistent clients, and blow up their bank accounts. She has a couple programs that are amazing, one of them being the Health Coach Accelerator Method, which I am and I'm so excited to be a guest expert in. And um, in that program, she turns scared, scattered, and self-conscious coaches into confident, focused, and high-performing health entrepreneurs. So make sure you go and check that out if health coaching, specifically health coaching, something that you want to get into. Um, and if you we didn't like love her mission and everything already, like who she is as a person, she loves adrenaline sports and she lives in like the remote mountains of British Columbia, Canada. She's like a modern day mountain woman and we love her. <laughs> So that is Kendra, Kenny, Kendra. I hope you guys love this episode. I know you will. If you do, make sure you go and leave a rating and review and then reach out to us on social media to let us know. So as always, you'll find me at Shanae Momoko and then you'll find Kendra at Kendra Perry Inc. INC. We have everything linked down in the show notes for you as well as Kendra's website. And if you're interested in any of her programs and yeah, let's get into it. Hey, Kendra, welcome to the Your Highest Self podcast. We are so excited to have you here. I am pumped to be here. Shanae, yeah. (laughs) You guys, um, like you heard in the intro, Kendra is one of my very good friends, and she is a kick-ass business coach for health coaches, and I'm really, really excited to have her on. Before we get into it, Kendra, can you give us like a little background on what brought you here today? Yeah. So, um, 
I will try not to talk for too long. It's always a long convoluted story, but so I was previously a health coach. And the reason I got interested in health and wellness to begin with was because of chronic acne that I got when I was like 23 years old after taking this like toxic birth control pill that was actually supposed to clear up my skin. And it just gave me cystic acne. And my skin's actually never been the same since up until like very recently. So it was like a 12 year or something battle with acne. And that's kind of what got me interested in alternative health and wellness. Because when I went to the doctor, they're like, take more birth control, take a, you know, a three month course of antibiotics. And I was like, there's got to be a different way. Like this just doesn't feel right. And so I started getting really obsessed with health and wellness and just started learning a lot about it. And, um, I ended up having a knee surgery in 2012. Um, after I'd fallen skiing, I was, trying to be professional skier and I was training and I was being, you know, I was jumping off this cliff and I fell and I totally blew my knee out. And ultimately that ended up in me needing to get knee surgery, um, reconstructive knee surgery, which was a really big deal, uh, for a skier. Um, if anyone is a skier in the audience, it's, it's kind of like a career ending injury. And it was for me, you know, cause I was already in my like mid to late twenties, which is, you know, getting old for, old for pro sports. And it was really hard for me because so much of my identity was tied up into being a skier. And I also had a job in forestry. So I was like hiking around the bush all day. So definitely needed a knee for that. So it, I wasn't able to work. I wasn't able to like recreate. Um, and because of that, I was like, well, what can I do? And I was like, well, I like health and I like writing. So I started a health blog called Crazy Happy Healthy. And this was in like 2000. 12, I believe, or 2011. And I wrote an article every single day <laughs> for oh like, God. yeah. And I was like really into it. And it's funny, like how quickly a blog can grow, like even one that like has no focus because it was early on, right? It was like early on in that kind of blogging world. And I was like, well, I can be a blogger. Like there were people making a lot of money blogging at that point. So I was like, well, I could do this too, but I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't succeed. I made like maybe a dollar a month with like <laughs> AdSense. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this isn't sustainable. And then, you know, kind of simultaneously, uh, the surgery was also a big trigger for future health problems for me. Um, you know, they, they say it's like, oh, it's routine surgery, but it's like not routine for your body. Right. And a couple months after that surgery, I had this crazy health crash where I literally just stopped sleeping and I just couldn't sleep. And it was so different. Like I had experienced insomnia before because I was stressed but this was different. Like I was just like, my body was vibrating, like literally vibrating, like something was really wrong. And I didn't sleep more than like maybe a couple hours a night for like six months. And then it kind of miraculously kind of went away for six months. And then the day to the year later, it came back. And I only recently resolved my sleep problems only like within the past like year. So that was like a long uh, like seven years of, of chronic insomnia, which led to fatigue and all these issues. And I was in a really bad place. Um, I felt like my health was totally out of my control and I, you know, I didn't know what to do about it. And one day I was listening to a podcast and this guy, his name's Reed Davis. He runs the functional diagnostic nutrition program. And he was like, yeah, you need labs. You need labs to figure out what's actually going on. And, uh, he ran this program that trained people to become practitioners and interpret these labs. And, I was really interested in this because I was like, well, I could hire a practitioner to do this for me and it would cost me thousands of dollars or I could just invest in the course and figure out how to do it on my own. And once I got in the course, I realized, well, this could maybe be a job. Like maybe this is a way for me to make money online. 
And so that's what I did. I ended up going through the training program, graduated in 2014, and then six months later actually got hired on with Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. Um, they offered me a position as a course mentor, and then I eventually developed their postgraduate membership. Uh, but yeah, I also built my business on the side and, um, you know, grew it quite quickly. Um, you know, had a struggle in the first year or two, like most people do, but figured it out, got some good mentors. And uh, three years after graduating, or I guess four years after graduating, I uh, had built this six-figure health coaching business. And at that same time, I decided to leave Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. And when I was working with that organization, I was working with coaches. I was working with practitioners. I was doing, I was helping them with their businesses. And once I left, I realized how much I missed working with coaches and practitioners. And I realized that I actually enjoyed that more than the actual like working with clients and health coaching side of things. And I realized that business and marketing was my thing. I was good at it. I loved it. I felt passionate about it. So I believe that was in like 2000 and um, maybe the end of 2017, beginning of 2018, I decided to do a, a pivot and I, I moved into the online business space and started mentoring health coaches with their business. So that's kind of the, the long version. <laughs> I love that. We actually have so much in common. I also got cystic acne from. Um, oh, control. yeah. Oh my God. Crazy. We'll have to talk it's horrible. Oh. Ugh. And then the fact that you were going to be a professional skier, I think so many of our listeners can um, really resonate with that because we have a lot of very ambitious, competitive, sports-oriented um, people listening. So you're, you're in good company. Oh, good. <laughs> so I have a couple of questions for you. One that kind of just like poked out at me is like, how did you lean into that pivot? Um, yeah. How did you lean into that? You know, I leaned into it because it just felt so necessary. Um, when you're out of alignment and you start to lose passion for something that you're doing and it really, you know, hell, and, and this isn't to like bash any of my health coaching clients. If anyone happens to be listening, like I really did love them, but I could just tell that I wasn't as passionate and I didn't care as much. And when things start to go out of alignment in your body, like everything kind of starts to feel off. And, you know, I wasn't excited. I was waking up and I felt burnt out and I just felt like it wasn't fair to the people I was working with or me, right? Because people invest a lot of money to work with you. So you should be, you should be all in. You should have both feet in, right? I just didn't feel like I did. And so I actually made a gradual pivot. Like at one point I was doing both niches. I was health coaching and business mentoring and I was just kind of doing this gradual transition and I just got so much great feedback from the business stuff I was talking about. And then eventually realized that having two niches is crazy and having two businesses is crazy. It's like, so, and you know this, Shanae, because I know you've gone through this too. You're just like, I can't like keep all these plates up, you know, you're like spinning the plates on the sticks. And, um, so it was actually quite easy for me to let it go. And at that point, like I knew how to build a business. So I just applied what I'd already learned and there wasn't even like a dip or I didn't even notice anything as I moved over. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, going back to like when you first, first started, it, it sounds like the same thing. It was like necessary. Like you had your surgery and then your health was out of whack. It was like a necessary thing for you to learn how to do health coaching for yourself. Mm-hmm what was the process of like turning that passion into your business? Did you have support? Did you have a lot of self doubt, like external and internal? What did that look like for you? Cause I know that's something a lot of people struggle with. Yeah. And I think 
I think I was hesitant in some way, shape or form, but I was also incredibly ignorant about like what it meant to actually build a business. So um, I, I was very like, I guess, naive. I was like, oh yeah, I'll just get a Facebook page and I'll like tell people I'm a health coach and people will come running. And so um, it was easy for me to kind of like transition into it because I, I guess I was so naive and ignorant and I was so excited. And I thought that uh, my passion and my excitement alone would be enough to just build a business. Um, and obviously that's not the experience that I had, but I think for me, like, you're right. Like it was very necessary because I live in a very small town and there's like 10,000 people in my town. There isn't a lot of job opportunity. And my experience was in one industry only. And, you know, I had knee problems and it didn't pay very well. Like I was working 50 hours a week and barely paying my bills. Right. So, um, I was very motivated and I think what can really help, um, when people transition into building a business because because it can feel quite scary is keeping something on the side to pay the bills right because you know i was working for functional diagnostic nutrition i'm lucky it was very aligned but that was about like 15 20 hours a week and it paid my bills because i think where a lot of people get to is they don't realize how hard it is to start a business and the fact that it takes time to become profitable and if you don't have something paying your bills it brings a lot of stress and a lot of desperation into your marketing because you're just desperate to take anything you can get. And that means that you don't take on the best suited clients. Um, you end up breaking a lot of your boundaries and you just, yeah, you just put out desperation vibes. Like it's not a good look. Right. So I think, um, it's easier to transition. If you just keep something part time, it's like just going to pay the bills. So you don't have to stress about that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh my God. I resonate with you. A thousand percent. It's something I tell all my clients too. And I actually read it in a book. Um, they were saying something, they were comparing it to like um, stock portfolios. Like if mm -hmm. you, you know, put everything in one, of course, like if that crashes, it crashes. But as an yeah. entrepreneur, you're going to do so much better if you have multiple streams of income. Mm -hmm. I was a personal trainer for a long time while I built my online business. Um, and yeah. I still do have training clients, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy money now for me. Um, so, uh, I'd love to talk about like, what was the personal development journey that you had to go through? Cause as we all know, mindset is everything. You had this passion, you're mm -hmm. a little bit ignorant. Um, but like, what did that journey look like for you? Yeah. I mean, it was a slap in the face in some ways. And I think a lot of like new business owners can resonate with this because you are completely unaware that there's any personal development yeah. involved, you know, and I started my business in, you know, 2013, 2014. I mean, I don't, I mean, I know there was a personal development space, but like, I wasn't aware of it. I didn't even really understand what that was. Like at that point I hadn't pursued anything like for counseling. I wasn't doing massage. Like I, I do so much self-care now. Um, and I have a lot of support in terms of like life coaching and counseling, and I hadn't even done any of that. So I wasn't even aware. And I think with building a business, what is so important is that you learn who you are, right? Um, and you figure out like how you fit into this world. And that's something that a lot of people don't know. And it's something that I didn't know. I didn't have a lot of confidence in who I was. I didn't even really know who I was. And so it's really hard to build a personal brand when that is not, you know, at least somewhat loosely defined. Right. Um, and so for me, it was a lot where I got, you know, I got tripped up with confidence and I was like showing up online, like in video, like I was a robot and I had no personality and 
what I was doing wasn't working, but um, yeah, I really had to develop who I was and my confidence and be confident in who I am. Um, and you know, how I show up today is very much a progression of seven years. It didn't happen overnight and it won't happen overnight for anyone who's listening either. Do you have any advice on like what that first step looks like or? Yeah. So there's a couple different things. Like I think, um, hiring a mentor in some way, shape or form, like obviously someone like you, Sinead, cause you're great at this stuff, but um, we don't know what we don't know. Right. And a lot of the stuff is just about awareness. And like, I've learned that from you. I've learned that from, you know, a lot of different mentors throughout my life. Like you need to be aware of like when you have a block, right. And we all, you know, get tunnel vision and we don't see our blocks. So um, just kind of being more aware of when you react to things poorly. Like if you have a sales call and you get totally rejected and then you, you know, get really upset and like end up crying in the fetal position and you're not okay for a few days. Like that's a sign, right? Like, because rejection is a part of the deal. Like you are going to get rejected a ton. And I mean, rejection is not easy, but you know, if that's triggering you and you're making that mean something about yourself and you know, it means you suck and you're not good enough. And like, you shouldn't be doing this. You end up down that imposter syndrome rabbit hole. Then like, that's something to work on. And I think, um, you can do that with a really good, maybe like life coach or counselor or something, you know, we all can do different things, but me personally, like I've done a lot of counseling and that's really helped me just become aware of these things. So when they come up, I can see them and be like, Oh, Hey, it's you. Thank you for protecting me. I appreciate it, but like, fuck off. <laughs> I also love my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a team of three. <laughs> I have like two counselors and then me and my partner do like a, every like three or four months we go to couples counseling just to like, we have a great relationship, but it's like a preventative thing, right? We always are trying to like improve our communication and I... I think people get thrown off by that because they're like, well, what's wrong? I'm like, well, nothing's wrong. Like we're just trying to maintain like the good relationship that we have and, and the good relationship I have with myself when it comes to personal counseling. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Cause that's definitely not something that people talk about often, but it's so necessary. Um, mm-hmm. because I didn't know this conversation would go there, but like, if we're not able to communicate with our partners or even with ourselves, then it's going to be so much harder for us to show up online. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, so much of building a business is communication, right? Um, learning, like knowing how to communicate with yourself, but also like with your audience and for anyone you ultimately hire. Right. And you know, if we're talking about like hiring a VA, like a lot of I think the biggest reason why people think their VA sucks or isn't doing a good job or they're feeling frustrated with the VA is because they actually suck personally at communication. Yes. <laughs> I had to learn how to communicate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause you just hired like a, a team this year. Hey. Yeah. And, and it, you know, it's funny. I've, I've actually had a couple of VAs over the years and with every single one, I learned something new. So the first one I didn't communicate at all. And so like everything's in my perspective, nothing really looked great, but instead of telling her, I would like fix it myself. And then the second VA, I was like, okay, I'm working on my communication. And I was always up front with her. Like, it's really hard for me to say this, but you know, I don't like how it looks. Please do it again. Yeah. Um, and it's just a practice. And now it's a very yeah. easy communication, but it's, 
it's discovering more of yourself. Like you said, it's that personal growth and that personal development, you know, as you continue to grow and you build your business, it comes up in a multitude of different ways. It does. And something I do, you know, with my, my students and I'm doing it actually, this is the um, phase we're in right now for my program, Health Coach Accelerator, is we do this whole brand development thing. And a lot of people think branding is just like the colors and the fonts, right? But that's like really just a visual representation of the deeper part of a brand, which is like the voice, the personality, right? Um, who you are and um, the moods that you want your people to feel when they come into contact with you. So we do a lot of work around, well, what is my voice? Like, how do I actually talk? You know, like what are words that I use all the time? Like how would people describe me in like five words? Because really embracing those parts of your personality is ultimately what is going to sell and build a really robust business. Because if people just wanted bland, boring ass shit, they would read Wikipedia, Mm -hmm. right? Like they don't want you just kind of spewing out generic information or maybe highly specific scientific information, but in a way that like is very like monotone and has nothing special or unique about it. But like the great thing is we're all different, which is actually crazy because thinking of like how many people are on this planet and everyone's different, like that's so like it blows my mind, but it's so true. And that's why I just don't think we're really competing with each other because we're all uniquely different and people will gravitate towards the person they just naturally connect with the most. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So authenticity is a big part in creating a sustainable business basically. Yeah. And I I feel like authenticity is like this buzzword these days. It kind of drives me crazy, but it's so important. And um, I feel like everyone's trying to be authentic, but just be authentic. Right. And, and that, again, it's easier said than done. It takes time and it is scary. Um, and I think something for people who are, you know, trying to maybe start a business or want to start a business, like know that it's scary. Right. I think it really helps to know that like the feelings of fear, um, the feelings of imposter syndrome, like that stuff is so normal and it's almost a rite of passage because you're not going to get to where you want to be without experiencing it. Right. And you really have to be okay with the fact that like, it's scary mm-hmm. and just, you got to just push through it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're basically putting ourselves out there to be rejected. So yeah. Vulnerability, right. It's, it's like, what's the definition of vulnerability? Like to put yourself in harm's way or something like that. Yeah. Like, who wants to do that? Like, of course that's scary. Um, and you know, I think ultimately we're all very afraid of judgment. Um, you know, I think, fear of judgment is what drives a lot of people's actions. And that happens in business too. And it, it is true that some people aren't going to like you mm-hmm. and, and, but that it's okay. Not everyone's going to like you. Like you don't like everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, so taught me that. Who taught you that? My kindergarten teacher. Oh my God. Really? <laughs> I'm like traumatized from it though. She was like, Shanae, oh. not everyone is going to like you. And then once I heard those words, I made it my life's mission to make everyone like me. Oh my God, that's crazy. Do you think she intended it to be like that? No, there was a kid that I really wanted him to be my friend, but he did not want to be my friend at all. And I actually did a whole podcast episode on this. I can't remember which one it was, but he didn't want to be my friend. And I would try and try and try. And she like finally like pulled me aside and she was like, Sinead, like not everyone is going to like you. Like, you're, you know? you have to be okay with that. And yeah, my little six-year-old brain was like, it is my life's mission to make everyone like me. And then oh my gosh, thus was born the people pleaser, the, um, just like the chameleon. Um, but yeah, so. 
Oh, that's so, that's so interesting. And, and I think obviously a lot of people understand like that people pleasing. I mean, I think it's very much like a social conditioning thing, right? Like make everyone happy, especially as women, like the nurturers and like self-sacrificial, like do everything for everyone else first and like you don't matter. But um, it's definitely a slippery slope and it doesn't, it doesn't lead to happiness or fulfillment in any way. So how has that shown up for you while you've been on this one, because, you know, building a business is like the biggest spiritual and personal development journey mm-hmm. of our lives. How has that shown up for you? And how have you, if you have healed some of those wounds? Yeah. So this is um, some, something actually just happened to me recently that made me think like, oh, I, I've, I've healed some of this. And so, you know, initially when I was first um, trying to start my business, I was that kind of monotone coach. Like I was very like, you know, I I lacked confidence. I felt really uncomfortable. Um, I think uh, it's true. I don't know if it would be the same for fitness coaches, but definitely for health coaches, there's this sort of like inferiority complex because we're always being compared to doctors, right? And like licensed practitioners and we're unlicensed and we're always having to put the disclaimer forward. Like we almost like like legally have to like, kind of like discredit ourselves, like just by being like, I'm not a licensed doctor. Like, don't take my advice over a let, you know? So there's like this inferiority complex. And I think because of that, um, like we're trying to be really professional, you know, we're trying to be really smart and put it out there. And that's kind of how I was showing up. And it wasn't super authentic for me because like, I'm really kind of like raw, like, you know me, I'm really like raw and off the cuff. Like I, you know, I'm very blunt and, um, I swear. And like, I'm a little rough around the edges in that way. And, um, it didn't feel right. I didn't quite understand why it didn't feel right. And I don't really understand, like, I don't remember what made me change, but I remember just one day just being like, what if I just like showed up as me instead of this other person that I'm trying to be? And so I did. And I like, just was kind of like, I made like cracks some jokes and I was just like, you know, I swore and like, it really offended people. Um, because people didn't like that. I said, fuck, you know, and they didn't like that. I was cracking these jokes and people called me unprofessional. And like a lot of people didn't want to follow me anymore. And it was hard, but I also knew it was right. You know, cause I'm like, why would I want to pretend to be someone I'm not? And my business really did start to take off from there. And, um, I did get a lot of hate initially, but over time, as I just show up as myself, I don't get a ton of hate. Um, because I think people see very quickly who I am and if they're not into it, they're just gone. Right. Which is great. But, um, recently actually on the weekend I had, I got this crazy comment from this ex student of mine and I'm not going to go too much into it, but it was like, it was like as crazy in terms of like toxic and negative as they come. And it was like Saturday. I don't usually go on my Instagram. I had like accidentally, um, turned on my notifications and I saw that and I was like, Oh, it's funny that that person's um, messaging me. And I saw it and I felt nothing. I felt a little bit annoyed. I was like, Oh, of course that person is sending me this toxic message. But I was just like, whatever. <laughs> and then it took me a day, but I was like, wow, I actually didn't react to that at all. Cause typically I would go cry in the shower. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Congratulations. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, like I'm a little bit annoyed because I'm like, you know, this person literally made a fake account to um, send me a message because I had blocked them. Um, And so I was like, just get out of my life. But I was also fine, you know? (laughs) So yeah, that's a huge step. And I really like that you actually took the time to be proud of yourself for it. 
Yeah, it felt good because I mean, it's never easy to receive. And I think, and that's why it's scary, right? Because if we feel like if we show up as ourselves, then someone might not like us and they might tell us mm-hmm. because that's kind of the nature or like the beast of social media, right? Is that people are assholes who would never be assholes face to face, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what's really helped me and um, Pat Flynn is a, a guy I listen to sometimes. He has a podcast um, called Smart Passive Income Podcast. And I can't remember the episode name, but if you type in haters and his podcast name, you'll find it. But he just talked about like, why do people actually like hate online? And he talked about a story of this person who just came after him and came after him and wouldn't leave him alone. And the thing that really stuck with me from that is hurt people hurt people. Yes. I say that all the time. You say that all the time? Yeah. I didn't know Pat said that too. Yeah. It is hurt people hurt people. Yeah. And we just have to send them compassion. Yeah. Totally. And I mean, if somebody's doing that, like, like honestly, like I've been on social media since, you know, Facebook came around and like, I don't know what year that was like 2006 or something like that. I've never sent like an anonymous, like hateful message to anyone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I can only imagine what someone must be going through who feels the need to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting that you brought this up because so many of my clients now who are building their businesses, like this is one thing that actually stops them from taking action is this Mm -hmm. fear of attracting the haters, attracting people who are going to send them nasty messages. And it was funny because it's not funny, but one thing I told her, and I'd love to get your take on this, but I was like, you're brand new. So the chances of someone coming and hating on you is very, very minimal because to be honest, no one is looking at you right now. Yeah. But when you get a hundred million followers and you're, um, she's making a, um, dog training program, like mm-hmm. human and dog together. You can work out with oh. your animal. How awesome is that? I love that. When this blows up yeah. <laughs> and pop sugar is interviewing you, uh-huh. then you're going to have to, you know, I'm manifesting for her. Um, I was like, you're going to have to have thick skin. Like yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen and it doesn't mean anything about you. Um, but I think that is like the nature of it's, it's two sides of the coin. Um, yes, we're, we're going to, we're going to get people that, that hate on us. And when we put ourselves out there to be seen because we have a message, because we have a purpose and like, we literally feel like we need to fulfill this, this thing in us. It's like this thing that drives us. Like if you have that calling on your heart, then you're going to have to grow a thick skin and be okay with people not liking you. Um, what, what advice would you have for someone like that? Who's allowing this fear, which is irrational a little bit, but then also like very, like it will happen from stopping them from taking action now. Yeah. And and I mean, yeah, it is a legitimate fear because ultimately it does happen and you are right. It doesn't typically happen like immediately, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it does happen at some point and you don't even have to be that big before it happens. Right. Um, So I think just the awareness that it will happen um, is helpful, but also like there's sort of like two different kind of ways to look at this because people are going to send you um, in terms of, you know, I guess more like negative comments, like, it's either going to be mean or it's going to be constructive, right? Um, the ones that are just mean, like you, it's going to hurt you and it's okay. And I, if it does hurt you, just allow it to hurt you, like cry it out, feel it, 
tell yourself that they're just hurt, but like delete the comment and don't engage with it because you don't have to, right? You don't have to engage with any of these comments if you don't want to. And it's totally legit to just delete and move on and clear that energy out of your house. If it's constructive, you may want to engage with it. Again, you don't have to, you're not required to, but some people, especially with health and wellness and fitness, like people just have different opinions and they've been taught different things. And, um, you know, like the research can prove kind of anything in the end. So people have had different experiences or they, you know, have different levels of education. And so people are going to disagree with you. Um, now if it's constructive, if it's just someone not agreeing with you, I mean, and if you're getting triggered, I mean, I would say that's probably more of an ego thing and that might be something to look into. But if you do want to respond to feedback that, you know, might be a little bit like, harsh or a little bit like aggressive, but it's not necessarily mean. It's not attacking you. It's maybe saying something about the information. Um, my first advice would be to just wait till your nervous system has calmed down. Like do ne never type when you're in fight or flight because you will always regret it every time. You'll always wish you said, said something else. Like allow yourself to just sit on it for a day or two. It doesn't matter. You don't have to respond right away. And if after that amount of time and you're calm and you do want to respond, then just be curious with people. Right. I think, um, especially what, you know, with what we're seeing now with uh, the polarization on social media and people are just fighting back and forth and they cancel each other over the fact that someone else doesn't agree with them. I think that's a, I mean, I think that's a big issue, right? Like people are going to disagree with us and we shouldn't be afraid of people who don't think and feel just like we do. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so you can approach it from a place of curiosity and just be like, Hey, that's really interesting. Like, where did you learn this? Or have you ever considered this? And, and you know, typically I'll ask like, just like a, a question that shows curiosity. And I think that can be helpful in just maybe starting a dialogue if you want to, but you don't have to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that you said that. You know, it's really interesting is that when we respond from curiosity, we're actually responding from our wonder child. When mm. we react with negativity or, you know, hate on our end, hurt on our end, we're responding from our wounded inner child. Mm. Well, there's a lot of people with wounded inner childs out there right now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> are, which is why they can't respond out of curiosity because right. they have so much healing that needs, it, it, not even healing that needs to be done, but much to be acknowledged. Like they haven't acknowledged any of that. And so they keep mm -hmm. reacting from this place of hurt, 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 or yeah. like, I don't want to get hurt. So here are my walls and pushing people away. But yeah, curiosity is really the key. Yeah. I love that. And, um, I mean, I, I totally empathize with people who are afraid of it. Cause it's not the easiest thing to work through, mm -hmm. but you can work through it, you know, and you can get to a point where like, you'll see that maybe it'll hurt for a bit. You'll let yourself like feel the emotions about it. And then you'll just forget about it and move on. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I don't think, again, I don't think many people really share that side of building a business. I mean, like from the outside in, you know, it looks like really pretty Instagram photos and it looks like mm. traveling and it looks like, um, just posting videos, but on the backside, it is a lot of this internal work that we have to do to have that courage to, to put ourselves out there. Yeah, exactly. And I think the first few years are a lot of like this roller coaster, right? Of like highs and lows. And, um, you know, if we're talking about like the first year in business, it's a lot of putting out and not getting much back in return. And that's totally normal. And I think people um, just need to be okay with that, right? Because nobody builds a business in a day. Nobody builds a business in 90 days. Like if we're thinking about retail businesses or restaurants, like 
they don't expect to be profitable in like the first year, right? They're hoping to break even. Um, and so with online business in terms of fitness or health, like we have to kind of accept that it's going to be the same and just know that everything you're doing is an investment. And at some point you, you figure it out and you get enough content out there or you've built enough trust with your audience that people will start actually seeing you as the expert. Um, but what I see a lot of people do is they get, you know, really motivated for a period of time. I actually just posted an Instagram story on this in terms of like content, they get like super fired up and motivated and they're like posting, 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 and they keep that up for like a month. And then they just like lose inspiration and ghost their audience. And that doesn't build trust. And I think what people need to know is, um, you have to build trust and, building trust is about being consistent. It's about being that reliable person that they can count on. You know, like if, if you had a girlfriend who was all about you and she just wanted to hang out every day and you guys had so much fun, then she just ghosted you. And then two months later came back and was like, Hey girl, you you'd be like, what the fuck? Right? Like you, you have to like, think about how that is perceived by your audience. Right. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. It's like, it's an anxious attachment style. Yeah. Uh, that's honestly one of my attachment styles. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> when I find something new or a new friend, I'm like, hi, I love you. Let's be best friends. <laughs> I do that too. Sometimes you just connect and you're like, we're besties. I feel like that happened with us. We knew instantly that we were going to be friends. Yeah. We were sisters in another lifetime, I think. For sure. <laughs> um, I just like loved the turn this conversation took it was like not what we were planned but I think it's exactly what we all mm -hmm. needed to hear today um what would you tell yourself what advice would you give yourself like 10 years ago mm. um <laughs> you're gonna be okay and you got this because mm. I didn't think I was gonna be okay and I had no idea what I was doing um in business but also with my health like I really um didn't know if I'd ever be healthy and feel good, you know, and, uh, it's not perfect, but it's definitely pretty awesome. So, um, just knowing, I just think we're so resilient as humans and we don't give each other enough or give ourselves enough credit, right. Of what we can overcome and what we can make happen in our lives if we just want it and we commit to making it happen. Right. Um, I really think the biggest reason why I've been successful in business is dedication. I've just been dedicated to, you know, making this work for my own life, but also to helping people that I serve as well. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that's the impact that you were put on this world to make? Like, how would you describe what your purpose is? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I, this is really interesting. Um, like, I feel like this is kind of out there, but, um, I, I really believe that like health coaches, um, and, and maybe fitness coach, coaches too, um, probably fitness coaches too. But I really think like it is through health and wellness coaches that we will shift the consciousness of this planet mm -hmm. because sick people are miserable and they're not aware and they are unhappy. And I just don't think they do good things for themselves or the planet. But I think when people feel good, in their bodies, like mental health wise, I, I think that's, what's really going to shift like this really, um, sort of sick consciousness that's happening in the world right now. I really think it's through health and wellness coaches. Um, so I really do think this is my mission, right. To, uh, empower these people to get out there and help clients and help people get well, because I think with that, like people realize how much power and control they have. Um, and they embrace, you know, personal sovereignty and that they don't need to rely on 
a doctor or the medical system or government or whatever it is for their health and happiness, they rely on themselves. So I think it really instills um, a personal responsibility in people that um, I think everybody needs. Don't we love her? <laughs> oh my gosh, we have like the same purpose. Maybe that's why we we vibe on. Is that your purpose too? Yeah, to raise the conscious collective through oh, empowering yeah. women. I mean, first it was for food and body image because yeah. when I saw how much my life shifted when I decided to overcome my food and body image struggles, like when I didn't, when I no longer let that define me is when my business took off. Oh, so I, I was that. like, what would happen if I was able to reach any woman who struggled with food and body and taught her to stop, like, what could she do with her life? And so that's where the whole thing with the secret dream became something for me. Mm -hmm. It's like, what's your secret dream? Like, what is it that you really secretly dream of doing, but like dieting and body image is holding you back from that. And I'm, you know, the women that I've interviewed on this podcast, like, I want to be an author. I want to be a coach. I want to own a winery, like these amazing things that oh. would, would totally change the world. And so my yeah. mission is still the same. It's, it, it's that, but, um, now more with, um, not just food and body, but, um, coaches and women and helping fit, not, not fitness, like yours, a health and wellness. Mine is like fitness and life coaches, helping these women step up mm -hmm. and make a difference in the world. So that can trickle and there can be the, what's it called? What's it called when it trickles out? Mm, the, like the ripple, ripple effect. Ripple effect. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> for a moment. Um, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your purpose with us. Um, yeah. Thank you for letting me share it. <laughs> yeah. We love that stuff. Um, so last question, or before I ask you the last question, like, you know, how can we work with you? Because I know there's tons of coaches that are listening to this, especially if you're a health coach. So like one, let's tell them the difference between a health and a fitness coach. <laughs> if you're calling yourself a health and fitness coach, there's a difference. <laughs> Um, so who, who do you work with? What's a health coach? And then how can we work with you? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, definitely like I would health coaches, like, you know, diet, nutrition, that sort of thing. Right. Um, we have, it was so funny. I didn't even realize people call themselves health and fitness coaches. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good to know. I mean, I would say like health coach is more um, focused on like people who have like chronic health problems and like symptoms and like running labs and that sort of thing where obviously I think health and fitness would be more focused on exercise and fitness, but maybe also some nutrition. There's right? nutrition in that. Yeah. It's like fitness and nutrition, yeah. but like health, like I didn't know this, but you guys can actually take courses from Kendra. Kendra will teach you how to run labs and read mm -hmm. hair tissue, mineral analysis to yes. see like, where, where HTMA, like what you're deficient in. So if you've got yeah. hormonal problems or chronic acne, like maybe I need to hire one of your, one of your students, uh, to help me with my acne. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I have a couple different uh, ways you could work with me. I mean, my primary program is health coach accelerator. This is for, um, health coaches, wellness coaches. Like we have some fitness coaches too, who want to build their business. And this is like the foundational programs. This is for people who are, you know, brand new, or maybe they're a few years into their business, but they're not generating 5k a month consistently. Like they're barely clearing two and three. And when they hear people talk about six figures, they just like their head explodes. So that feels like so far out of their reach. 
Um, so this is really like the foundational program um, and we're launching mid-January of 2021. And uh, it, it's just like, this is what you need in place or nothing else is gonna work. If you don't have this in place, like if you wanna launch a course, a group program, a membership, like retreats, whatever that is, if you don't have these things in place, then it's not gonna work. So this is very much like the linchpin foundational course. Um, and then I also have the hair tissue mineral analysis course, which is kind of this like side thing I do, but it's for any coaches who want to start bringing in like labs into their coaching practice. So this would be great for coaches who are working with clients and like what you're recommending isn't working, right? Like they're compliant, they're doing all the things. Um, and you're just like, why isn't it working? Well, that's when labs can be really helpful, could help un uncover some deeper things that be going, could be going on in the body. And a really great lab is called hair tissue mineral analysis. And it basically assesses mineral levels, which are very foundational to every single physiological function in the body. So when minerals are balanced, digestion works better, energy levels are better, um, mental health is better, the immune system works better, thyroid, adrenals, uh, nervous system, blood sugar, all those things work better. Um, it's a very cheap um, and affordable course. And so I actually train practitioners in how to interpret that. Um, so yeah, I'm sure Shanae can link to that. <laughs> Show yeah, notes. I'll link everything down below. But you know, I wish I had known about you when I was doing fitness and nutrition coaching. Because mm. you would have taken the HTMA course. I would have 100% taken that course yeah. because a lot of the clients I was working with were compliant. And you know, the route that I took was mindset where I was like, okay, like if you're doing everything and nothing is working, like, hey, let's work on your mindset. I would have been a stronger coach if I also had the labs portion of it. Cause I could have been like, okay, like scientifically you're deficient in X, Y, and Z. Um, but so I, I, yeah, I wish I knew about you two years ago. Yeah. And you would love this lab too, Shanae, because it, you can actually learn a lot about someone's personality from it, which is really crazy. And people get really like creeped out by it, but there's certain mineral patterns that will tell me, um, you know, is somebody, um, like, are they very type a and like kind of go, 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 or maybe they feel very like flat and like apathetic and like disconnected from their emotions. Like that actually shows up and even trauma patterns show up. So it's kind of fascinating. Oh my goodness. I think I might have to take this. Yes. yes. <laughs> or like, do it. get one done on yourself at least. <laughs> Next thing on my list. Um, <laughs> Yay, I'm so excited. I'll have everything linked down for you guys below. So it'll be super easy to connect with uh, Kendra and work with her in the future. Um, so last question I ask everyone. You ready for it? Yeah. Okay. What does it mean to you to be your highest self? Mm. Honestly, that's a really good question. But I think um, when I'm my highest self, I am just being me but also giving myself grace for not being perfect. I hope that answers the question. Okay. <laughs> there is no wrong answer. <laughs> There's just your answer and it's not perfect. And that's what makes it your answer. <laughs> Nothing is ever perfect. Thank you so much for your time and your energy today, Kendra. It was like so much fun. I hope that, you know, our listeners, um, I hope you got like a, a million wisdom nuggets out of this because I definitely did. So we're going to have a really fun time pulling quotes out. Um, if you guys love this episode, make sure you take a screenshot and post it up on Instagram and tag us. You'll find me at Shanae Momoko and you'll find Kendra. At Kendra Perry Inc. Kendra Perry Inc. Inc. There we go. So um, hit us up on Instagram. We want to know what your biggest insight was and what are you putting into action after listening to this episode? Um, and while you're at it, make sure you go and check out her podcast and 
subscribe to that. So thanks, Kendra. Thanks, Sinead. Yay. I'll see you guys next week. Same time, same place. Don't forget to be your bias, bias self, highest self. Bye for now. (laughs) 